Regal Movie Masters. Unlimited. This is the Regal Movie Masters Unlimited Podcast where we indiscriminately watch every goddamn movie that comes out at the local theater. This one is a two-pack for you. We got uh, starting things off. We got Creed 3. It's the new newest, newest Creed film about the uh, Christian rock group uh, fronted by Scott Stapp. Will they take you higher? We're going to find out. After that, we also have Jesus Revolution, which uh, will we ironically has more to do with uh, the band Creed than the movie Creed does. <laughs> but hey, that's, uh, that, that's life for you. So it's a wild roller coaster. Uh, your movie masters today are Justine. Hi. Brent. What do you mean by that? Dylan. What's up? And I'm, I'm Colin. This is the, usually the part of the uh, podcast where we would read off some listener emails. We got none this week. But if you have any uh, questions or comments on the show, hit us at uh, moviemasters760 at gmail.com. And we will uh, we'll address them on the show. Let us know if you want us to use your name. Otherwise, we default to anonymous. Uh, if you'd like to have your name, let us know. And uh, we'll, we'll read your, your business on air. Listen, we just got out of Creed 3. This is directed by Michael B. Jordan. Starring Michael B. Jordan, uh, written by uh, the Kuglers. We got uh, Keenan and Ryan Kugler, and this this guy Zach Balin, who I think won the friggin' lottery. He's just some guy. <laughs> I looked him up. He is just some guy. He's done like very few things, and he's gonna have his name attached to like one of the most gigantic movies of the year by uh, by the looks of things. Anywho, uh, this is a story. This is the third installment of the fourth installment of the. <laughs> Seventh installment of the Rocky franchise. It's 20, 21st century Rocky, baby. This uh, follows the story of Adonis Creed, Apollo Creed's son. He's at the top, but he has to come back because he has he's haunted by ghosts of the past. And those ghosts want to box him. He's retired. <laughs> he's retired. But John Majors, he's like, uh, hey, remember me? You've seen the trailer? You've seen the goddamn movie. And I know you've seen the trailer because they put a lot of... Uh, a lot of money into advertising this. And man, it was packed. Yeah. The theaters were popping. I think movies are back. I'm going to say it. <laughs> Movie is back. One. One. Yeah. Is it, this could be like, is this like the Top Gun effect where it's like. It is. You yeah. get one one a year yeah. where it's like, oh, movie. I like that. And then they go to watch it. It is very familiar. I have to say, I feel like I, I'm almost certain I have watched every Rocky related film uh, or certainly like the uh, 21st century Rocky franchise breakouts. And I have a fondness for them. I always find myself enjoying them. And I could never tell you what happens in them like two days after I watch them. Yeah. <laughs> and I always think I'm not going to like them. Like, oh boy, another one of these. And then I'm like, oh, I had a really good time watching this. That was a great movie. And then I immediately don't know what happens. And uh, likewise, I, I'd say for me, this feels like one of those movies. <laughs> Do you remember this one? Uh, there was a fight. Yeah. They were punching each other. Yeah. yeah. Um, Somebody wins. Yes, there was a winner. Mm. I saw, I remember that. Mm-hmm. Bet you never guess who. Mm, that's, don't, no, shh, no spoilers. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, the details are always kind of hazy for me in these, but I, again, I think, I don't know what it is about these movies that works for me. I don't know a thing about boxing. I'm barely a man, but I uh, I just like these uh, these strong men punching with very very simple stories. Like these are silly films, right? Very very silly. Yeah. But they're very watchable. Man, it's just tricky. You, you 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 have you not enjoyed the Creed franchise up to this? point? Oh, I, I have up to this point. I didn't up to the first half of this movie. But first, I'd actually like to hear Justine's take on it. I'd like to hear, like, you know, a person that maybe isn't, you know, totally into these movies. I saw Rocky 1 a long time ago. So I was probably, like, you know, like a kid or something. I I don't know. It didn't make an impression on me. Uh Except that Sylvester Stallone looks funny in a hat. (laughs) And uh, I don't know that I've seen any of the other ones. Like, I know I've been around the other ones because I know he, like, he has to fight apollo yeah. right uh-huh. he like does it again or something then they're friends, yeah. i know there's the russian one right if he dies he dies yeah. that's what i know from that one and then i don't know what happens after that 
And then I didn't see Creed and I didn't see Creed 2. Okay. I don't think I needed to. No. It's very like you could pick up pretty much anywhere with this movie anyway. What did you think of this movie? I think boxing's stupid. Uh-huh. I think fighting's stupid. Uh-huh. So it's like, I mean, I guess if I'm going to be watching anything like that, it would be in a movie. It's still like you don't like to see people punching each other. Unless you're a weird person that likes to see people punching each other in like slow-mo and stuff. Right. <laughs> then it's kind of, all right, why? why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess uh, it's an easy watch in that it moves along and you kind of know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I didn't like it as a movie because um, Jonathan Majors kind of plays these characters, which are like an underdog, a chip on his shoulder kind of guy, but you kind of don't want him to lose. Exactly. So it sort of seems mean (laughs) or something (laughs) that um, Adonis is like, I don't know, he's not making fun of him or he's just... I guess he's putting him in his place, but he didn't have to do it like that. Right, but he but he fights dirty though. I know, so he should have just been like, "Hey, look." But he doesn't. This. Like he doesn't fight dirty though. That's the thing is like I'm, I can understand yeah, like the blanket crowd at the, you know, the, the movies that don't know anything about box. Oh, did we invite Fight Master Brent here? Oh, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> oh, no. this isn't about Fight Master. <laughs> oh, this is no. more about what Justine's talking about. Was like it's at least the second half is not a good movie because I feel like they had so many opportunities to tell a way better story. You could do redemption from jail. You could do, you know, you could lean more into like the, the childhood thing and like what it takes to patch up something like that. And it's not going and boxing and giving somebody a championship fight that's never boxed. For, it's like a, it's a mess after the first half. Yeah, but that's like what all these movies are. It could have been more. <laughs> so that's that's another thing that I was wondering because I haven't seen the other ones. I was like, well, the same thing like uh, before when I was talking about every comic has to have like the fight part. Right. It's like, well, I mean, obviously he's going to fight in a Creed movie. <laughs> you know, he's not going to not fight. But they set it up that he might not have. And it would have been smart not to have him do it because like there's even that scene where he's talking to his wife. And the wife had to step down from being a performer to being a producer because she's saying it was causing so much damage to her ears. And the same thing applies to boxers. That's why I like the first half so much. I was like, oh, that's a cool parallel. Because just like your head has a hit count, so do your ears. And she understood that and she stepped back. And I was like, oh, cool. This is about like the maturation of a fighter as he goes on with his life. And he was already like three years out. Like, I'm sorry. Like, you're just not going to come back after but three it, years. It wasn't about him and her paralleling each other not adonis and his wife but about what's his name um diamond dame oh, D- damien yeah, yeah. Damien. about yeah. damien and michael b jordan's right wife. tessa thompson and jonathan Majors yes. are the ones that parallel each other so what he was supposed to learn is that it's okay to not be in the limelight anymore but he was like nah he wanted to do it anyway yeah he goes in the limelight and he wins very easily yeah, but then he barely loses an inconvenience because <laughs> he fights wrong. I don't know. Again, it's like I, I don't know how how uh, critical I'm supposed to be of these movies. Right. It's, it's like, ridiculous. Is too, it one cause... of those things where it's like it's a cartoon? What do you want? <laughs> you know, yeah. that's kind of how I approach it. So yeah. it's all right. Once they get in the ring and it becomes like an Elden Ring level, it's kind of like okay, <laughs> yeah. this is a cartoon. Just <laughs> but let even it go. yeah, like even even the boxing is like, like yeah, like. I guess like the average person seeing it's just like, oh yeah, boxing has so much honor in it. No, it doesn't. You know what I mean? Like it's dirty, it's grimy, it's a it's a show. And for them to be like, oh man, he's cheating. It's like, he's not, number one. But number two, it's just like, even if he was, that's boxing. You don't think he was cheating in the first fight? Hell no. He the elbow in the, the knee. <laughs> that happens. It's contact. It happens. You it don't is... throw knees in boxing. He didn't throw a knee, did he? Yeah, he yeah. did. Yeah, to his. Uh, That's why thigh. he was like, "Hey, ref, are you seeing?" This? Oh, to the thigh. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you could, but I mean, people mask that all the time. They <laughs> mask that all the time. It's yeah, not. But... I'm not like trying to bring up the what's the what do they call that the the marquee, uh, what's the the boxing man na- name? What do you mean the marquee? Which one? The the guy who invented the rules of boxing. Oh. I don't know. Mike Tyson's always referencing him, Mr. Marquee. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, um, yeah, I'm not trying to be pedantic about uh, the rules of boxing here, but yeah, the way it's presented in the film, that's what interests me about these movies kind of is like how they effectively communicate to someone who doesn't care a fuck about punch punch fights, the, I don't know, the story or like how they just from the technical perspective, how they make this interesting because I'll never watch a boxing, an actual boxing match. Mm-hmm. But when you do with the super slow-mo the and they speed it up and yeah. you have 
everything choreographed in a way that's like, mm-hmm. okay, not it's not so much like I can follow it, like I couldn't follow a boxing match, but it's like this is how you present this on the big screen and incorporate the narrative of the larger story into the fight. And likewise, regardless of, you know, if he's actually fighting dirty or not. You get that he's... Yeah, it's communicated through the film that he is. Mm-hmm. Thus, he is bad. Yeah. <laughs> but he didn't feel that way. Like, when he won the belt, I was happy. I was like, yeah, you got the belt. Awesome. You, like, you spent 18 years in prison and you overcame all these odds. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, but the only reason he was in that round is because someone cracked the he guy that... Kerrigan, fucking A. <laughs> Uh, yeah, because he had his friend uh, crack the Drago guy who was set to be in the ring with him with a uh, with a club. How did that guy get in the party, by the way? You know, it was, it was supposed to be a secret. Brent. Brent. Oh, we brought him in? Brent. It's a cartoon. <laughs> a cartoon movie. Yeah, it's a, it's oh a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a punch fight film. Uh-huh. <laughs> there was a goddamn robot waiter in, you know, the fourth one. Let's not act like we're from, uh, you know... Uh, a oh, world of high I art was like, here. When did I miss a robot? No. Yeah, yeah, that I, in 1985. <laughs> I was like, when they were at the, the record party? No, that was a person. Yeah. So, no. all right. So, what did we learn from this movie? What did we learn? Uh, from... We learned that you need to go hit the gym, everyone. Right. <laughs> I mean, <Full> plane. <laughs> I don't know. I guess at some point it's just becomes like more effective of a superhero movie than the superhero movies that we've seen lately. Mm. It's feats of strength. It's like incredible training and the good guy, which would be the guy with the family and all that. Is that what one. makes him good? I mean, that's essentially where his strength comes from. And then what was that? Well, is it? It's Rocky. Which Rocky one is where he's rich and he's idle and... Four. Four, okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a Rocky Four thing where he's, yeah. you know, gone soft and the other guy has... It's not exactly that story that they're telling, you know, because Creed hasn't necessarily gone soft, but uh, essentially saying that, like, you know, your strength uh, comes from your support network because, like, you know, he's training up with all of his people, whereas um, Damien is kind of like... His strength just comes from the hunger to be on top or whatever. And ultimately, you know, I mean, again, it's very silly and it's insane. It's absolutely mm-hmm. psychotic. Nothing <laughs> of this movie makes sense. It's uh, it's it's gibberish. A professional athlete who's reached that peak that Creed has fought versus a guy that's just been getting into prison fights and like skipped ahead of everything i don't know the movie yeah, felt like two two different halves to me because i'll give you that like the, the irrational male part yeah i mean that's my bread and butter i deal with irrational males all day every day but like it just felt different i was like the first half i was like really excited and i was like oh man they're telling a cool story and then it just turned into just like oh i gotta fight you i can i'm just gonna train and beat you okay and that's what he does there was no furthering well i mean you know there's it's very like by the numbers you know but like you have to open up creed okay i will open (laughs) up and then he opens up about nothing who was leon i was like damn are they gonna say michael b jordan got molested by a dude in group home which is like he hit us a lot like all right fine (laughs) yeah fine but whatever that's like and, and again i'm not under any delusion that these are like important films or great movies or anything again i am watching myself watch the movie i'm like why do these always work for me i've seen them all they yeah, all like in one and two yeah. work enough <laughs> you know and obviously rocky one we're not including in this conversation that's a Can't. different uh, beast altogether yeah. but like the worst of the rocky movies the creed movies they all kind of work and i'm like do we just need these stories told in this beat by beat way with the montages and the triumphant yeah. music and the gladiator poses? Yeah. Like, and I'm not trying to get all, uh, you know, like, what is the meta meaning of all this? I'm just like, again, I'm like, how does this entertain me? Like, why does it work? And it always works. Yeah. I mean, it plays on some very basic emotions. Right. <laughs> like a lot of things. Here's a good guy. Here's a bad guy. Mm-hmm. If you try really hard, right. you'll come out on top. And they show you the training montage <laughs> yeah. every movie. Yeah, you get goddamn better. And they show him getting beat up, and you're like, oh, no, don't count him out. <laughs> oh and God. then he says, 
get up. Yeah. <laughs> and you get an extra man. <laughs> you get a one up. And apparently during a fight, you can just turn your head to your opponent and talk to your corner, you know, just like yeah. not, not get punched while that's happening. So, you know, um, everybody likes that. Everybody wants to feel like that. Also, everybody sees it and gets pumped. This one was so on the nose with the white trunks and the black trunks. Yeah. Okay. Good guy, bad guy. Yeah. I mean, oh. it's, a, I don't know. I guess I'm, I, I'm interested in these movies in the way that I'm interested in like good pop songs where it's like yeah of course you know what's going to happen you know it's it's all predictable it's all very silly but like why does does it work sometimes and not other times or and just in terms of like a base level of entertainment i don't know i'm very interested in what's needed to get to that baseline i mean i can't think of anything right now that like i guess fails at it you said like it works for you right well i'm trying to think of like uh, like i mean I don't know. I'm sick of picking on Avatar, but that's like a very <laughs> boring. Like, the experience of watching that movie is boring mm-hmm. to me. And yeah. it's no smarter. These are both dumb, simple movies. Yeah, but again, that, that takes away the, the element that I'm talking about, which is here's a guy. Right. And he just needs to work hard and he can get the thing right, done. Right, right. And it's all about like pulling yourself up. And it, it's all about one guy. <laughs> right. Well, okay. What it. about uh, what about Black Adam then? That was a pretty. He's just he's just some superpowered person. That's yeah. nothing. He doesn't have to try. You have to have your protagonist have to try, right? And like through his own, I don't know what to call it, gumption. Sure, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's able to do this, and so you're supposed to feel like I could do that too, you know? Yeah. And so that's that's it. That's all you have to do in any movie, and you can succeed. Is but that's dirty? why I'm trying to think. What is a movie that does that? That simply that doesn't work. Yeah, an individual who yeah. overcomes. Yeah. And and does it in the end. And they're good. You you can't do it. <laughs> you can't do it by like playing dirty or something. You know, it's it's right. the whole like honorable doing stuff. Yeah. Because you're good at it. All all of those in place, and it's like a drag to watch. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a good uh, a negative example of that. And yeah. Because they won't, they won't show something like that. The, the whole point is that you have to feel good about it. Well, there's a movie where a person does all that stuff and then loses. You have to have a second movie <laughs> where they where win. Where they win. Yeah. <laughs> or like 12 other movies like the first Rocky movie. Yeah. There is a movie like that. That's where, bad? Where he loses. Oh, yeah. But then still wins in the end. What's that one with the kid? And he gets in the football team and then he loses the game. Oh, Lucas. Lucas. Amazing yeah. movie. But that's not it's necessarily... Not... <laughs> oh, because you don't know football. But I was going to say, like, the, the big climactic scene, he drops the pass. But, like... Oh, yeah, no. We're saying he loses the game. Yeah. Versus... But, but I think does this... he try really hard at yeah, football? The... He tries to get in the game, and then once he gets in it, he's yeah. But terrible. if they had him have, like, a training montage of right. playing football... They, I don't. I don't think that Lucas. Um, yeah, no, but, it's not like he's really. Trained yeah, I don't think that part. the point. That I don't think that's like a triumph of the will right. story. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's just like you know. Uh, I don't know what you would call it. Just a general coming of age film. Sure. You know. Yeah. So I think that just like compared to other Rocky movies, there was really no adversity to come back from these three years. That you think after three years off, it'd be hard as fuck to get back into a condition and and shape where you could you know, actually go do 12 rounds like that? I mean, I guess he's not fighting a real fighter, though. So probably to, like, fight. Even that uh, Guerrero guy would probably have been, yeah, would probably have been, like, a hard fight for him, maybe. Oh, I Because that guy's, like, in shape and stuff. So he was able to come out of retirement and kind of brush up on it because Damien's not really, I mean, he's, he's in shape, but he's not, like, a boxer. That's my guess. Both of them are kind of on an even. No, no, level. he was a Golden Gloves as a kid. Like he, like you know, he he knew all the fundamentals, and he was like the the highest ranked amateur, you know, like before he got put away. So I mean, he has like the fundamentals, but oh, I don't know. He was just training in prison. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you saw him. He was like still buff, <laughs> climbing ropes with no feet yeah. and stuff. He's I mean, doing that thing prison is like, workout. If you, if you have the fundamentals and you keep up your cardio, yeah, you can. You know, and you, can, and you maintain your fundamentals, which I'm sure he did in prison. It's fine. I believe that. No problem. I didn't believe Creed after years of like concussive force and like all those injuries. Like, you know, after three years, be like, oh, yeah, no problem. Go and just beat this guy very well, easily. Yeah, I don't know why you think those three years he was like, like you saw the physique that he was in. That's physique, true. Like, not, he runs a gym. <laughs> no, and no, 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 like... no, no. But like the long term, like 
injuries that you have from a fighting, a full fighting career, and then taking three years off, it's not going to work. It just doesn't. Yeah, like right. people have attempted that in real life. It's this is just... the franchise with a robot waiter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what I'm saying is, okay, okay, where a, the, the, a the Russian point, lab the, built a man. The point isn't the realism <laughs> of it. We got, I got sidetracked by the realism. The point isn't the realism. It's that what obstacle did he actually have that did he overcome that like we can look at and go yeah i feel good about that movie like at the end. literally the obstacle you just presented that he hadn't oh, fought yeah. for three years and that he needed to get back yeah, in shape even, and but, that the new guy was super hungry it didn't show him really struggling with it yeah, well he did he had a fight he for two seconds to... drago yeah. knocked him on the ground he took his head i will say like the pace idiot. the pacing is fucking whiplash paced and <laughs> i mean just the yeah. fact that the fact that you jump from, hey, man, what's up? I want to I'm back from prison. Remember the old times yeah. to like the jump from that to in the ring with the heavyweight champion f- four days, five. Like it's, <laughs> I have no idea because they have him in like a I don't know, like a hotel or something. Yeah. And then he yeah. has like an apartment. with yeah. A girl. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's got a girlfriend now. Yeah. <laughs> it is. A, it goes whiplash. But I think like they sacrifice the pacing to kind of build up some level of character development, at least like between the characters, you know, like the family stuff and everything, which is, you know, pure by the numbers melodrama. Mm -hmm. But again, I think maybe that is just craft because all the actors I feel are doing a good enough job and like communicating the emotions and everything, all the slow parts and all that stuff. It didn't seem hacky in the way that like, a hacky version of this movie could be. And I think that's mm. kind of what distinguishes it from being boring or cliche. Is that like... But you, you didn't well, think this was cliche? Uh, okay. Yeah, let me restate okay. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Incredibly cre- cliche, but effective. Okay. And I think that is just in the performances. And even the writing, like the dialogue, like, again, it's not great. It's not astonishing, but it is good enough to keep you... To, it is effective. Yeah. Effective, underlined three times. That's what I would uh, call this movie, which isn't to say like leaving a lasting impact on you, but <laughs> effective in terms of telling the story they're trying to tell and redoing this movie again for the umpteenth time. I, I realize it feels like it's hitting the marks. Right. But not checking the boxes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, Why did he have to win? Because you have to win in these movies. Yeah, because you have to. You <laughs> Everyone has to feel good. You strip yeah, they, the title off of them. I know they set up a bad guy who's just you know in it to. But did you hear the theater? Like when the when the bad guy won the title, nobody was like boo. They're like that's kind of cool. I think they just like to see fight. Yeah, and oh, okay. uh, and he was at that point like yeah an underdog of sorts. Oh yeah, I guess he's not against Creed. He's just. Yeah, some other guy. That was his Rocky One moment where he was yeah. like the underdog who shouldn't have been there, and then he proved himself. And then even though might be like, ha ha ha, I was planning this all along. Well, I mean, he literally was. So <laughs> well, that's <true>. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they did like. Well, I mean, again, he was really cartoonish. <laughs> like, yeah. So it's hard because yeah, on one hand, this doesn't work. The first half really he felt human. It. The second half is just like. Lunkhead, like yeah. ah yes, I trick you. Like, well, I mean, the second half is the half with the fights. So yeah. I took that as just the hunger, uh, and I I think he really communicated that well. Like this is all I've been thinking about. This is all I want. I'm living in a nasty ass hotel room. This is all I'm doing is envisioning this. He's just so he's just so hungry. But it's like I guess yeah, in terms of like what lesson there is to the film, that that hunger and desire and want alone. Uh, does not a champion make. So yeah, I think that's why he has to lose is because you have to show people that, yeah, you can't just want it a lot. You have to also have this kind of support group and everyone on your side. And I don't know, I guess he didn't really use his head, did he? It's about not taking out your emotion by fighting. Mm. That's what it is. It's like, because he's all mad and stuff. And what's his name? Avon Barksdale. Yes, <laughs> he uh, <laughs> he is like he's trying to fight the world. You know, that's the whole yeah, deal. Yeah. Is like he's he's not boxing. Right. He had a really good line too, where he tells him, uh, "This is a bad idea." Like, he's showing you who he is. Right. Believe him. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. that was a good line. Then I guess you could buy that he already has like a gang that has guns and stuff on the outside of prison he is from the area (laughs) yeah the movie goes really quickly i guess it doesn't really get into this stuff but it does feel pretty black and white 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> a black and white cartoon. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dylan, you've been you've been mum. Huh? You've been mum. Why don't you balance this What's out? What's mum? Quiet. Oh. As in mum's the word? <laughs> oh, I didn't know. I don't know if that's actually how you use it. I just said it with no confidence. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what the fuck that Sounded means. right, right? I, I don't know. Mum's the You can say mum's the word. Can you say you've been being mum? I don't know. I'm fucking, I'm going with it. Um. So I really liked this film. I liked every single Rocky and Rocky related movie. Um. I, I like, I'm not ashamed to say that. Like, I have multiple Rocky collection DVDs where it's just all the Rocky films mm-hmm. and Creed's. That being said, I'm realizing in Rocky 1, he loses. Mm-hmm. Rocky loses after all that training. Yep. And then Rocky Balboa, he loses again. Exactly. So those are the two movies where they train really hard and they still lose. I That's what I'm saying. It's like, yeah, and I think like this is the first Rocky where Sylvester Stallone was not involved whatsoever. Oh, he was producer. No, he was producer, yeah. Yeah, but he also he's trashed on, the film. He's not on screen. He trashed this movie? Yeah, he said, he said it's fucked up that they are still beating a dead horse with this fucking installment. Why would he produce it and then talk a bunch of shit on it? <laughs> yeah. He walked away from it. His uh, name is still on the movie. Yeah, yeah it has to, to be. Collect some money, I guess. Like, con- contractually, it has to be, but he had nothing to do with it. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Whatever. He signed the contract. <laughs> Shut up. No. No, 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 no. <laughs> it, it, he didn't sign a contract. It was it, when he sold Rocky, the first one, it was all written in. Back so then, he signed the contract the <laughs> that his name's going to be on it. Yeah. I see what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. The delineation is he didn't sign it for this movie yes, in particular. Yes. Yeah, but it's it. like he signed away his voice yeah. for the AI. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, you got shut it. Up. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny, too, because it's like, why are you hating on these people who are just trying to do what you did? Yeah, like, he don't made... don't talk down to these movies. You made Rocky Four, or yeah. whatever you're talking about. Well, yeah, that's weird. I don't know why you gotta steal He's their shine jealous. like that. No, but, but like what Dylan was saying, like there's there was vulnerability in the character. Yeah, in the first movie, then he made and five in, other and, ones that were no, but very in, in Rocky Balboa as well, there was no v- vulnerability in Michael B. Jordan's fucking character Is there whatsoever. A movie after Rocky Balboa? Just Creed. Yeah, then went to Creed. First yeah. two Creeds are pretty good. Yeah, but Michael B. Jordan is in his 80s Stallone phase. Oh, so yeah. let him be 80s Stallone. And when he and when Michael B. Jordan is in his 60s, then he can make Adonis Creed. Adonis, Adonis Creed. Creed, and he can lose and be like, "All right, all right. yeah, I finally <laughs> lost it." Teach, uh, but no, Dame's kid. Yeah, but yeah, you can't. Don't talk to me about the integrity of your fucking work. Stallone shouldn't <laughs> talk about like, oh yeah, yeah like yeah, that's yeah, like yeah, he did yeah, yeah. has a pristine record. Like there was some cash oh, grabby ass shit in the Rocky <laughs> franchise. Now that someone else is doing some cash grabby ass shit, he wants to fucking run his mouth. But yeah. shut up. <laughs> stop. Yeah. Just stop. Again, these are fucking. Go do the Expendables four. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're gonna talk to me about beating a dead horse, Jesus. <laughs> How many, many Rambo movies? Anyways, I, uh, I like that there's signing. Yes. Deaf people are having a moment. Right. And I'm here for it. Yes, I get it. <laughs> oh, I didn't mean it like for that it. at all. <laughs> yeah, but I like that. So I like that there was a, that little girl. But I didn't see the other ones. But I didn't need to. Again, <laughs> yeah, didn't need to know <laughs> why she's not a hearing character. And I get Tessa Thompson has a hearing aid. Yeah. So everyone's signing. Mm-hmm. Don't need a backstory. There's gonna be. We're gonna watch this another movie exactly like this ten years from now. There will be two or three movies between these. You will not need to see them to know what that yeah, movie exactly. in 10 years is about either. Nine. It's just the same story retold yes. again and again. And we want to see how people train. Punch a tree. You got to punch plane, a tree. You got to pull shit. Pull you got to run a lot. Have these movies are running. Yeah. Uphills. Yeah. It's so funny because like, yeah, to mimic the, you know, Stallone running up the, the art museum steps in Philly. He just runs up the hill in Hollywood and starts sure. screaming. Sure. <laughs> um. Anyway, I'm going to say right now, liked all those films, right? Yeah. In my head, this is like, what if Mike Tyson never got out of prison the first time? Right. And just like was in jail, comes out pissed off and just fought whoever he was friends with at that time. But just make it Creed. I like that aspect. In my head, that's my fan theory. Is that oh they they I mean they they shouted it out I mean like right down to like wearing the towel to the ring yeah yeah you know the mean? towel like, the all black like, yeah, it was yeah. all yeah it was yeah, very it was Tyson. Like, he was just like a Tyson yeah. character so yeah. it was just like yep. I like that aspect as like a you know combat fan yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah no I am like a I like I like boxing and shit yeah. like that so it's yeah. like really cool but like um so I'm just like kind of watching it with that aspect in mind and yeah. then like uh, 
I guess you don't need to watch one and two about Tessa Thompson or her, his kid. I don't even remember his kid being in the second one. I kind of remember it. Like it I think she's like a, of, yeah, she's yeah, like yeah. a baby, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember like three. Anyway, I like how they bring back Draco Jr. That was sure. fucking cool for me. Yeah. Uh, but overall, guys, boxing is back. <laughs> movies are back and boxing is back finally you know I mean? yeah i guess the the in terms of like what he had to overcome or whatever like again i do not want to hear anything about weight classes or anything like that i see a smaller guy in the ring and i see a much larger <laughs> more physically intimidating guy in the ring uh, to the viewer it's communicated yeah. that like the littler guy which in this case is uh, michael b jordan is in danger from the giant man <laughs> That was the hilarious thing about it because, you know, obviously in, in real boxing, the weight classes are like, it's just like, you know, like four pounds away right, from right. another. And there's just so many of them. You know what I mean? But so, yeah, but this one to just be like, well, well, doesn't matter what your weight yeah. is. Just get in the ring, idiot. Close <laughs> enough. Go. <Yeah. laughs> You're both buff guys that want to punch each other. <laughs> Go for we're, it. We're down. <laughs> we should yeah. never be sanctioned by any. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, so are we, uh, are we for, for Creed 3, are we getting in the ring? Or are we turning down this fight ticket? Um, I'll uh, I'll I'll say I'll get in the ring. These are all the same movie. I keep watching the same movie. I am in Groundhog's Day, <laughs> and every two to three years, I'm gonna watch the same punch fight movie. I think until I'm dead, and it'll be all kind of passable. And this is a passable, entertaining, crowd pleasing film. I am always impressed when something is this well tread as far as the story goes and is still like i can watch this i'm not bored this is fine and this this is that movie for me justine yeah i mean it has nothing that i am interested in but it's a fine watch honestly you'll sit there and be entertained the way that i you know that we've been saying right you watch it you are glad that people are good at things (laughs) sure Maybe <laughs> being being strong is hard to do. Yeah, you could you maybe you could do it. Maybe hey. you need to listen to the Creed three soundtrack and you can get in shape too. Yeah, look at these guys. They're going for it. <laughs> yeah, go for it. All right, I say watch watch this movie up until Damien wins the belt. And turn it off. Great movie. Watch the whole thing. It's good. <laughs> That's it. This is this is gonna make a shitload of money. Uh, the theater was oh, yeah. wild. This is a successful formula. That's why they keep doing it. Right? It's PG thirteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, now that I'm thinking about it, swearing's not there. There's yeah. fighting, obviously, but as Americans, we don't care about that. No. <laughs> so uh, yeah, PG thirteen, bunch of kids. Yeah, it's gonna fucking crush. I think. Yeah. Did this? Uh, I don't know why I'm so fixated on like the immense success of Top Gun, mm-hmm. uh, Top Gun Maverick. But I, I wonder if the Creed movies kind of owe, uh, they, they set the stage for that, you know? Because I, I got this similar kind of energy from this movie. And Creed movies set the stage for Top Gun? I mean, the Rocky, the comeback of the Rocky franchise in general, where it's like, hey, remember this? Here it is again. And then the Top Gun movie was like, hey, remember this? Here it is again. And I'll talk with like, Dylan about this. I don't think that Rocky ever necessarily went away, did it? It was pretty like, I mean, there was like a bunch of them. In the uh, 90s, I yeah, guess. It dies. Let's see. Rocky Five is like 91. Yeah. Done. Rocky Balboa is like 06. Okay, then, so that was probably the longest gap, right? Yeah. Then yeah. from Rocky Balboa to Creed, I think it's like five, six years. Yeah. And then ever since then, right. just getting three. But... You also have to like consider all the other Sylvester Stallone movies that he keeps rebooting. Yeah, like Rambo. Right. Like the, the Rambo and then Rambo. Five. Oh, that that one. It's like a what, cycle for him, you know. Yeah. What was that one crazy Rambo reboot? That was like insane. Two thousand eight. That shit yeah. was fucking hard. Yeah, that dude. was cool. Also, Aliens and Predators, but that doesn't really count. Yeah, I guess it's. Uh, I I don't know. I'm I'm still 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 in the lab, on uh, on that one. But yeah, I guess in general though. At least right now, and I guess probably for a while now, it's just show us thing we remember, and we're there for it. <laughs> and this is very much a like, hey, remember this kind of thing. Yeah, I don't know. Just a peek into my ill mind here. Oh, shout out to one of the hardest things I've ever seen in a movie. Right before you go into a championship fight, you have your ankle bracelet taken hard. off. Hard, was so was hard. So hard. I love that. There's a revolution in the wind, folks. It's the Jesus Revolution, y'all. This was a movie, um, period. 
That's all I got. No, this is uh, this is uh, directed by John Irwin and Brett McCorkle. They have uh, had their fingers in the faith-based films for a while now, as I've just learned on IMDb. It follows uh, essentially the story of the founding of Calvary Chapel Church, which sort of came out of the proverbial Jesus revolution, basically all like the, the hippies that found uh, Jesus in the late 60s into the early 70s. I want to say this is really like more of like a 1970 than like 69, which is kind of a significant difference, weirdly. Um, I don't get into all the uh, real uh, pedantic details about all of this, but yeah, the late 60s, early 70s, a bunch of uh, hippies go to Jesus, and this is sort of about the grassroots of that. And this essentially turns into, from this movement, you get like uh, what they would call Jesus music, like the early Christian rock, soft rock stuff, like the Maranth Records, Murr Records. This one focused on Love Song, the band. Yeah, I guess that's about that's the short and long of it, right? And like, yeah, the the, the Calvary Chapel stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is. It's a, geez, I guess in a way, it's almost like a music autobio, right? <laughs> I, it could be. A music yeah. Doc. Well, not a dog, is a you know, boy. Let me tell you, I was exactly two thirds of the way into this movie before I realized it was a Jesus movie. <laughs> and Jesus, wait, movie, what? Two thirds of the way. <laughs> exactly two-thirds of the way and yeah. i was like oh god damn it it's like a regular he, jesus we movie. we were talking about this and colin was like oh no it's just like a movie about some hippies that do that get into what, like church what gave stuff. you that impression so every piece of information i know about this era comes from like secular people especially in the record collector world like yep. there's a lot of people that love the weird psychedelic outsider christian folk music and stuff from that period because like the consensus, I think, among those kind of collectors is it's just so odd and strange and outsider, and all of which is true. And it's also just an interesting story. Like, it's mm-hmm. could easily be like a secular uh, tale and like a dark, weird world. Like, I like I don't know, like like a Manson cult kind of thing, you know? So you, you went in uh, with the optimism and hope that it could stand as a movie without going full Jesus? I wouldn't say optimism and hope. Here's the thing. Jesus movies, for those listening that don't know, (laughs) I would say post... I still blame God's Not Dead for this. I think that was the movie Uh that, like, in the modern era of sorts, was like, you can make a Jesus-y movie and make a lot of money and put a little bit of effort into production and get a little bit of name recognition in the stars and, like, people will come out. I thought that was Passion of the Christ. Passion of Christ, I think, is genuinely a secular film. Aww. Yeah, that is a movie about... Well, that is a fucking dark, yeah. fucked up movie. I know who watched it. Yeah. But I think if you... And it wasn't it made by Mel Gibson? Yeah. It was, yeah. But that is incredibly different in tone than the Jesus movies. Yeah, but I think that it set the stage of like, look, these people will come out right. if you want to make these movies. But in terms of like the... T- there's a tone to these kind of movies it's like saying like well batman in 89 was a superhero movie it's like nah spider-man 2001 (laughs) that's when superhero movies start to be superhero movies yeah passion like was a jesus movie and it made a shitload of money so it was 10 commandments you know it's like too grisly and brutal to be a proper like jesus movie faith-based cinema yeah that's different it's different and that's when god's not dead comes in because that's very much so like movie of the week melodrama mm-hmm. and the hallmark version. yes mm-hmm. yes if i had i known that that was the <laughs> if i had known it was a jesus movie i would rate it on jesus movie state you know <laughs> like standards yeah. which mm-hmm. is like oh this is there i don't even really mind the movies they're like silly and fun and jeezy you know um, jeezy yes jeezy jeezy they keep it very jeezy no it's a very <laughs> they're very silly films and they're like fun to watch and kind of half goof on you know yeah um, you go into it knowing it right? but if it's like if i so i'm watching this movie and because i'm not looking at it again for the first two-thirds of it i'm just thinking it's like a secular film or it's going to go somewhere and there's like a lot of uh things that you don't really see in jesus movies like mm-hmm. secular music in it there's yeah. there's a lot of very aggressively on the nose Forrest Gump soundtrack level like sinks 
Doobie Brothers and hippie stuff. Hippie music. Hey man, mm-hmm. you're gonna go to see the Janis Joplin and Grateful Dead <laughs> concert with Timothy Leary there, who is also there. Yeah. They're going to be doing that, man. And you're like, okay, dude. And then you go there and like the music's playing. You don't hear you don't hear like Rare Earth and War and no. Jesus movies. You know, it's all kind of it's all Jesus bands, you know. And like there's there is drug use that happens and it's like a surprisingly mature uh, visceral representation of drug use for a jesus movie for a secular film it is very silly and like yeah. completely impossible yeah. to take serious because they yeah. have like a blur it's filter around it like whoa man i'm <laughs> freaking out like that level of drug use you know to your credit i, I yeah they um lionsgate you know, produced and distributed this movie. They've got Kelsey Grammer, so I could see why you went in thinking like, okay, oh, yeah, this might be a secular Jesus and, movie. And again, I know yeah. of there is a lot of secular interest in this topic, so it yeah. very well. I mean, you would have to be it would have to be a completely different film, you know. But yeah. like, you could make a essentially dazed and confused uh-huh. or something like yeah. that that just happens to center around a bunch of like the really early first wave Jesus freaks. It's an interesting story to tell. They did not tell that story. No, <laughs> I felt, yeah, we, we stayed through the entire credits, and I, I, I didn't like fully clock your reaction. But there, you know, at the end, it just it reveals that it was fully funded by like yeah. Harvest Church or what you know that whatever that yeah. giant mega church corporation is. Uh, and yeah, so again, this is this is all on me. This is all on me. This is a, a, a this is like how perspective can ruin your film because like when I'm watching it as a secular film, I'm like, so they're just. They have a shit script, and every time they have like something to say, they just play like a keyboard, like the synthesizer, yeah. like the inspirational keys on the keyboard. They go, ah, I told you when I found this church that I wanted to reach out to people, and now I can reach out to people. And I'm like, God, they're doing that every time. Boy, this is weird. Man, I don't really feel like I'm um, in the 60s in this, the way the costumes are. This feels very much like a current movie about the 60s more than really being in the 60s man they're not really doing a good job putting me in this era these are critiques i would bring for a secular film for a jesus film it's absolutely silly Mm -hmm. to talk about those kind of things like or or treat it like a real movie and by the time this the second third came in and i knew it because if you were telling the story really if you were really telling the story there's a, a hitchhiking hippie his name is lonnie frisbee which never stops being funny because it sounds like a Dan, like a name of a Dan Klaus character <laughs> or something. <laughs> Anyways, and uh, he he meets this straight laced preacher type, and they kind of get their knock their heads together, and they realize, hey, we need to reach out to this younger generation, and they open the doors, and they do, and the uh, you know the congregation they ruffles their feathers, and they're not sure how they feel about it, and then the hippies start overrunning the place. And like, again, that's two thirds of the way. Now here, if you were telling a real story, there would be like a lot of darkness and drug use and he, the guy was a, would be a cult leader and it would start getting fucked up and weird. And you would just start telling the honest story of that world, which is a lot of weird, dark shit going on. Okay, uh, that doesn't happen. <laughs> the rest of the movie is... Um, Everybody goes their own way. (laughs) Yeah, the rest of the movie is, and then uh, they just kept going, and the church grew and got bigger and bigger, and there was no conflict. And (laughs) and then to our services. Yes, the the thing I I love about uh, the Jesus movies is like the last ten minutes. It's just mask off and like they'll have like up until that point for like a conventional one of these kind of movies, it'll just be like, hey, be nice to your family. Hey, come on. We're we can't they say we can't pray in school, guys. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, whatever, you know, like little conflicts arise and they are always like really persecuted by people who are like, I don't want you Jesus people around. I like money instead. Don't run the bases. Right. <laughs> and then and then in the last 10 minutes, it's just like scriptures, like red word for word, <laughs> like gospel music playing. Like a real Jesus movie is just like, let's go. And this movie yeah. gets to that point. Like, I, again, instead of really getting dark and heavy, it's, uh, yeah, so the Lonnie Frisbee guy and his wife. Um, Are they hippies? Yes. Okay. In, in, oh, Justine, can you guess Lonnie's uh, wife's name? Lana. Connie Frisbee. <laughs> so Lonnie and Connie Frisbee are like, you know what? We have slight gotcha. differences. Oh, my God. 
we have slight differences, me and you. We're going to go our separate ways from your church, and then we don't hear from them again. And this is like towards the end. Yeah. And then they give us a postcard. It's like, oh, Lonnie went and founded the Vineyard uh, Church and kept preaching gospel till he died in the 90s. And then it's like, Calvary Chapel is now one of the biggest churches ever. And this other side character who was like, you know, he's now the head of this and that. Harvest, yeah, yeah. I'm going to read you a paragraph from the Lonnie Frisbee, the hippie guy that started off from his Wikipedia page. Ahem. Frisbee functioned as an evangelical preacher while also privately socializing as a gay man before and during his evangelism career, evangelism career, although stated in interviews that he never believed in homosexuality, homosexuality was anything other than a sin in the eyes of God. Both the denominations helped to found prohibited homosexual behavior, and he was later excommunicated by the denominations because of his active sexual life. He, you know, preached the stuff and he, he preached everything he preached until he died in the 90s from AIDS. Oh <laughs> they really glossed God. over everything about this guy. <laughs> that is a story. <laughs> yeah. And again, when I say there's a lot of and uh, there's a lot of like darkness in that world, it's like don't forget the Manson murders come out of that yeah. same scene. That's just a big headline one. Like you can't talk about a weird sect of Christianity in a post-cult documentary world where every other week is like, and then things got weird. Yeah. Like we're used to that pacing of these stories. And it's like, yeah, you're two clicks on Wikipedia into the Calvary Chapel and you're on this guy who, <laughs> who went off with his wife to start a new church. And he was, uh, it was a known secret that he was like a gay guy. We got excommunicated from the church that he founded this is the same era as like the source, right? The, the, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, not, not by name, no. Okay, yeah, I think it's very similar. I, I mean, I've got like all these like books and records that when I was like kind of exploring that whole realm and, and era of music, and yeah, it, it's ringing true now that I think about it. Dylan, did you did you have the same impression as Colin that you were about to go into a secular movie? No. Yeah, I didn't either. <laughs> I mean, I knew what I was walking into. Yeah. Uh. You know, a church with a bunch of hippies in it that yeah. show up. That's just what I figured, and I just knew it was going to be some Christian movie. Yeah, I was just trying to figure out what misled Colin. I think maybe, was it Hope that misled you? No, I'm just telling you, I only know people interested in this era and this stuff who uh -huh. are, like, not Christian people. And yeah. it's just such a, like, it's a kind of story that, you know, a uh, cynical, secular Hollywood elite type would tell to take Christianity down a peg as they do. Mm -hmm. And um, it's, th there's nothing about this story that needs to have the tone of a Jesus movie. And again, that's not, you could tell this whole story as it is almost beat for beat and not have it come off super Jesus-y. Yeah. They just chose to do that because it's a Jesus movie, which is fine. They, they, they can do that. And, and it's not, it doesn't have all the hallmarks of proper faith-based cinema. You know what I'm saying? Right. So even if you're in the movie, you're just like, hmm, there's a few strange loose loose end hairs here and there. And then as it goes on, you're like, oh, God damn it. They got me. <laughs> gotcha. They got me. Gotcha. There's also this like weird cognitive distance because like at the end when you see the big Harvest Church logo, and you're like, okay, that's the Greg character. The Greg character is that kid that starts off doing like all the drugs and, you know what I mean, ends up yeah. in the rain, you know, and Lonnie comes up and helps him. And then he just kind of like stumbles his way into becoming uh, a pastor with no, like he doesn't go to like monastery or school to learn anything Look, I don't about think they it. Have to do that. <laughs> they just hand it off to him. You You're can, he was if the, you want to start a church tomorrow, you can just yeah. rent a conference room. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like that's, that was what happened. Is Kelsey Grammer's character just hands this Greg guy who's just had a series of, I don't know, just weird fuck-ups and egotistical behavior just like here you have a church now in riverside go and then he turns into one of the biggest current megachurches and so he the was the diamond dame of the uh <laughs> calvary chapel cinematic universe he had no right being in the ring with the champ that's so crazy though so all of them came from like the same group and each of them went on to make like a huge church yeah yeah i mean 
it's ultimately Calvary Chapel. I mean, that's the only I know, one but I'm I saying, know. like, these other churches that you're talking about, oh, these other people yeah, went yeah. to found our names, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's kind of weird that they all came from the same. That's kind of suspicious that they all well, came from the same little group. I mean, it was a, it's again, which is why I would, I would like to see a secular movie about yeah. this subject because it's really fucking fascinating that counterculture types kind of found their way here i mean i guess it's any story of the hippies turning into the yuppies you know but sure with a weirdly biblical twist to it what i now know why they all are like come wearing whatever you want right right you don't right have to dress up on for 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 christmas for, yeah. Yeah. for church <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's why all the uh the the woody cars and stuff yeah. are, are still okay you know who else had long hair People didn't think he was very <laughs> normal, didn't fit in with the mainstream yeah. establishment. There was someone else I know. Who taught peace and love. <laughs> yeah. My man, JC. John Jesus Carpenter. Christ. Oh. No, um, so do we have much more to say about the Jesus Revolution? <laughs> Probably not. I, I, I was curious, Justine, you didn't see it. Did you opt out or did you have something to do? Uh, either yeah, <laughs> uh, both acceptable <laughs> again you knew it was a you just won't watch a jesus movie i actually from i all i'd seen was the poster like in passing yeah. like walking through the theater and i was like what is this like hippies mm-hmm. and then colin was like yeah it's just a movie about you know some hippies get into jesus yeah. stuff and i was like mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> either no. it's a jesus movie or i don't care yeah <laughs> so either way it's tough because if I would have seen this when I was in my 20s, I'd be like, I, well, I wouldn't have because I'd just been like, no, fuck it, religion, you know. But, you know, as I get older, I try to like see just good in people and I was hoping to see some of that in this movie and there, there was. But then when I, I don't know, in context, you'd go, oh, this was funded by the guy Greg and they, it's weird. They, they think that like success makes you a good person in a way, you know what I mean? But like if you watch the character of Greg throughout the movie, he's not a very good person in general and he's a con artist, you know, like it's just... I don't know. It, it was it, it made me it bumped me back a couple pegs in terms of like being like, Yeah, I'll check out some religious stuff. Well, you know. They're not all gonna be running the bases. No, they all can't. They're not be all yeah. gonna be Gigi and Nate, maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I also just I just don't like sixty stuff. I don't like hippie stuff. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, don't care. I I was I was mulling this over. I think white America was really the only thing lame about the 60s <laughs> kind of every other cult- culture and country you go to like you think like oh the 60s that's boring but they're like japan in the 60s oh France, fuck italy France. yeah keep going and even in america it was like other other stuff was cool in the 60s but it wasn't the like and yeah i don't know it wasn't in the forefront no yeah the 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 fact that I still see people wearing like fringe suede vests and shit like i don't know i don't i don't like and i mean it's interesting in the sense of like, whoa, these are the children of PTSD-ridden World War II vets. That's interesting to me in passing. But I like, I know it's like cliche to be like, hippies are lame. Hippies suck. Metal rules. <laughs> but metal does rule and hippies do suck. I do, I do like... You know what? Yeah, I think I can still subscribe to that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I, like, the, I like the Grateful Dead quite a bit. Sure. But I hate turquoise jewelry. But you know what? I like, like if there are still hippies right now, I'm into them. Yeah. I just don't care about them back then. Partially because I believe it was just a fad. The same way that you see things now where it's like, oh, these people are, people are whatever. People were hipsters for a while. And then where did they go? Right, right. Mm -hmm. So I believe it's just like, oh, it was a young people thing. Those are the same people who are now voting for, you know. Right. I don't believe them. They were not being real they yeah. were just it was a fad and so i don't like them if you're still holding it down right now you're good but i don't <laughs> see very many of you so yeah and that's i think again in terms of immersion that's where uh you know i i mean i'm not talking about this like it's a serious movie i get it whatever <laughs> just two cartoon movies it, yes i know it's a very hacky silly film so it's like you can't expect that but it is a a pet peeve of mine in these kind of movies where like Everyone under the age of 20 is like to the T party city costume <laughs> level hippie, you know, and it's like reading, let's say, our crumb comics from the late 60s where he's like, who are these weirdos? <laughs> you know? yeah. Like, yeah, I hang out with them because like the 
I'm trying to get laid or whatever, but it's like I don't I don't have anything in common with these people and like Where are they? Where is this located? Uh Southern California, Newport Beach. Yeah, yeah Newport which is, uh, Laguna. Yeah. Yeah, that's very that was I mean my little pet amusement. The guy's like doing his church service in Riverside. It's not going very well. It's like his side church that he has to go to. Cut to him like on the beach at Newport. And he's just like, ah, I just how do I reach these kids, you know? <laughs> and like, you know, if you're you know, not from Southern California or don't know the area very well. It's just like, yeah, you go there in Southern California. They're by the beach. It's like, no, no, no. That is like, <laughs> it's like an hour and a half drive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Justine, your boy Lonnie Frisbee is, uh, he spent time in San Francisco, okay. you know, became the hippie, then like started like hitchhiking down south. And that's how it infiltrated the so Riverside and Newport and Laguna. Triangle, we'll call it. <laughs> yeah, but again, just like everyone under eighteen now isn't doesn't look like a total TikTok freak or whatever. Yeah. Like, likewise, mm-hmm. some do, sure. And I imagine in the hippie era, it was like, yes, yeah, some probably were. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but when movies like this are kind of cheesy, it's just like everyone, and they're so done up to the night. That's the other thing. It's like you can have you, you can be on a scale of like hip and trendy yeah likewise i'm sure there are some people that like maybe had slightly longer hair and dress regular and like people that maybe had like one piece of that you would associate with the hippie outfit but like in when movies are kind of corny like this it's like all in all paisley everything like like they're high school kids you know my parents still buy my clothes right right Right. (laughs) yeah that's just an aside um so the the jesus revolution are we joining the revolution or are we going to uh, burn in hell, <laughs> sinners as we are? Me, personally, I am going straight to hell. Like, I wish this was more yeah. of a Jesus movie so that I could enjoy it on that level. Or that it told a more interesting story. Yeah, or that it was, you know, just... I don't even think it's secular, really, because you could still portray this religious movement in a positive light and show the positive things that it did and also show the really dark, weird, messed up parts of it. And you just end up with a more honest portrayal, I think. Mm-hmm. Whereas what we have here is sort of a neither here nor there for me. So it's like I'm not seeing um, any realness to it. And as a propaganda piece, it's just too much um, poorly done secular filmmaking rather than well done Jesus movie making. So what's the, uh, what's the, the great King of the Hill line? Like you're not making christian rock good you're making rock music worse (laughs) yeah i think you can make good movies based off of the bible because there's a lot of cool stories in there um the devil conspiracy obviously was such an enjoyable venture into i mean that's a good example of just one for one like following scripture sticking to it and like just showing the events as they were they're timeless tales yeah you do that i'll definitely check out your movie but like this type of stuff, I'm not gonna watch it anymore. And I think like yeah, like just kind of having that moment when it revealed that it was funded by Harvest Harvest Church, and then going, oh, that's that Greg guy, and then going, that was the worst character of the, the entire movie. <laughs> like he doesn't even have that awareness that he's just a horrible human. Right. I think I'm I'm kind of done experimenting with movies that are produced by religious organizations. <laughs> I'll stick with the evil conspiracy and stuff like that. Uh, I'll join the revolution. I don't care. <laughs> Uh, shout out Goldberg from the Mighty Ducks being the guy that's in the wheelchair. <laughs> Jesus yeah, the, Christ. Who was, the, who was the vet in um, Forrest Gump? The vet? Yeah, the Lieutenant vet. Lieutenant Dan? Yeah, Lieutenant Dan. Yeah, he, the, the, he's playing the Lieutenant Dan character. Gary Sinise. <laughs> Is he play- No, he just was like a drug addict in a wheelchair. Still. <laughs> or maybe he was. I don't know. They didn't really explain his character. Yeah. But shout out to him. Uh, shout out the Satanist guy. Oh yeah, that guy was the best part. <laughs> Remind me, I'm trying to remember. So they're having a um, like a town meeting at the college campus, and like different people from different religions are getting up to talk, and okay. uh, yeah. you know they're showing all the different faiths on campus, and this guy comes up looking like uh, like the Aqua Teen Hunger Force version of dancing, yeah. <laughs> like no sh- no yeah. shirt, black vest, <laughs> he just gets up on the the you know podium where they talk which is just like under a tree or whatever and he's just like hail satan <laughs> yeah and then lonnie frisbee gets up and talks after him and I remember it reaches now. the people yeah nah shout out to that guy that guy was cool i wish there was more of him Absolutely. i wish that was like the protagonist honestly i wish that that guy was like trying to stop the, the church yeah you only have like a couple minutes he only says hail satan yeah, and then yeah, yeah. he leaves <laughs> but 
Uh, yeah, I'll join, whatever. It's cool. Brent, what do you got in the news for us? <laughs> Branching off of religion, we're going to get into manifestation. And uh, historians of the podcast will recall that our host, Colin, in fact, said that you know, if David Cronenberg were to make advertisements of any kind, be it a Mazda commercial or what have you, he's going to watch it and he's going he's gonna to enjoy watching it. And uh, we talked earlier about uh, how he ended up doing a campaign for Yves Saint Laurent. And now Cronenberg is for Prada. Um, <laughs> so uh, he recently made a short film for Prada featuring female wax corpses that were made during the 18th century. Uh, those were, of course, used to train surgeons prior to operating on real bodies. And it also features anatomical waxworks from the La Spicola Museum in Florence. This film will run as part of an exhibition at the Prada Foundation in Milan between March 24th and July 17th. The name, which I'm sure I'm going to butcher, is called Sarah Anatomiche uh, La Spicola di Firenze, and, or Fires, I don't know, uh, long slash David Cronenberg. Uh, Prada says that the film will reveal the vivid and unexpected dimension of the female wax corpses that until now have been known for their static and severe nature. And Cronenberg notes, in their effort to create certain partially dissected full figures whose body language and facial expressions did not display pain or agony, they also happened to produce living characters who seemed to be in the throes of ecstasy. It was this startling choice of the part of the sculptors of these figures that captured my imagination. What if it was the dissection itself that induced the ecstasy, that almost religious rapture? Now, sadly, it is not known if the short will travel or screen beyond the exhibition in Milan. So, Colin, if you want to see it, you got to go to Milan. Uh, well, <laughs> I had not realized what a Cronenberg thing that is. Like, I had, I had known of these uh, figures, and that that is like a funny thing about them. Is they were like, no, they don't look, they don't look mad about being dissected. It's like, yeah, but they look something. <laughs> so, so you're familiar with these particular? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. didn't realize that that was what this was about, but oh yeah, Cronenberg all over this. This is the most Cronenberg <laughs> yeah. thing that can be done. Yeah. They like being dissected. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I just I like. What does it have to do? What we're selling? What now? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bags? <laughs> Handbags? <laughs> no, I don't know. I I want any like kind of transgressive avant-garde artist to just make weird shit that gets every major fashion company in as much trouble <laughs> with normal people as they possibly can. After this uh Balenciaga weird oh fucking Oh my god, that was wild. Uh like a panic that went on like please, everyone these companies are evil. And uh, the more trouble that you can get them in, the better. Like, if we're going to have all these friggin' whack jobs running around in, in a panic over everything under the sun, let's at least get some actual horrible people in trouble. <laughs> so, like, if that can, if that can happen to uh, Balenciaga or any high fashion brand, anyone who's charging $800 for a T-shirt, like, hopefully, hopefully David Cronenberg is, is doing the Lord's work and just putting something... That's going to weird people out so much, but I don't know. Do they want to be weirded out? I don't know how any of that stuff works. That high fashion world, man, it's a, it's, it's a different different beast altogether. You know what? I could see this being for glasses, for eyeglasses. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> he he does have really nice glasses. Hey, and I could see something like, well, you have the mannequins, but they're wearing glasses. Right. <laughs> they don't have to be wearing clothes because they're if they're getting dissected. Right. So maybe it's accessories again any anyone that brings smoke to these brands from weirdos on the internet who have no interest or knowledge or understanding of clothing brands or fashion or anything like that like i'm for it if anyone can do it anyone can get the ire of random ass weirdos do you think that's maybe part of the strategy? Just like, all right, how do we drum up a little bit of controversy so that we can keep getting, you know, Yeah, we don't want to like, okay, Balenciaga has the kid thing down. Damn it. What can we do? What can we do? Yeah. What can we, uh, women like to be cut up. Yes. Go with it. <laughs> Print. Run. I got a guy for the job. Let's pray. Oh Let's pray. It's kind of like, I forget what line it is, but a lot of brands get free publicity whenever they just issue, you know, if it's high fashion, somebody will get upset that they issued a, an outfit that looks like a, a homeless person would wear it. Right, you know right. I mean? So yeah, it's like, it's like a hyper 
version of that. You know? Yeah, again, just get them in trouble. Yeah. Make them lose money, hopefully. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Do you have any uh, team-ups that you'd like to see in terms of like your uh, goal here? Oh, I, I'd take them all down. Par- paramiscreant with a fashion <laughs> brand. Uh, uh, Harmony Go- Korean yep. for okay. Gucci. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> Kenneth Anger for... Oh, my God. <laughs> for John Barbados. Yes, let's go. <laughs> all right, so we are officially one week out from the opening of Scream 6. And to promote it, Paramount and their marketing firm uh, have been promoting the film through uh, various ghost face sightings around oh, the country, of it. course. Uh, pre- presumably to prevent violence, the sightings involve someone in a traditional ghost face costume just standing perfectly still on a sidewalk or a street corner somewhere very public. You know what I mean? They're not like yeah. hiding in front of somebody's house in the woods or anything like that where you could get shot or beat up. Uh, this, of course, didn't stop people from unnecessarily bombarding 911 uh, in right. all of these towns, which hopefully didn't cost anybody <sighs> their lives. <laughs> you know what I mean? On like the uh, actual emergency end. I looked into it a little bit. This is the second stunt from Paramount in a year as they promoted Smile by paying actors. By doing the exact same thing. <laughs> no, they actually, like this one, um, they teamed up with like Major League Baseball and they they set people behind home plate. Like uh, there was like a A's game is probably the most yeah, with famous the creepy example. Smile. Yeah, and they just they just like have the creepy smile yeah. and they just zoom in on them between pitches and shit like that. Well, so. apparently baseball advertising is where it's at, right? Wasn't Megan like that, or was that football? Oh, yeah, I know what you're Whatever. talking about advertising on the mm-hmm. field. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, they did like the TikTok dance yeah. on the field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like that that smile thing. I mean, like, the film ended up grossing over two hundred million. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Smile I mean? had to walk, so Scream could run. It's not, yeah. a, it's not like unusual to see. All these stunts seem to work. And if you yeah, but that's it's a I don't know. Don't don't just stand around in a creepy ass costume in like a mall or something. <laughs> Who isn't gonna call the cops on you? Did it happen for it as well? There's like clown sightings. That was just a weird thing. Coincidence, I guess. Really? Yeah, okay. it was a weird thing, and that was not marketing. That was just a bunch of creeps yeah. doing yeah. that and it was scaring everybody. Yeah, it was like flash mob shit. Yeah, so that's why this is. I mean, I guess it's a good idea because if they just kind of throw some people out there, then yeah, like a TikTok thing and anybody could do it and then free advertising. Mm-hmm. Colin, would you like to see some of these go wrong and take down the studios like fashion brands? I, no, I don't. Hey, listen, <laughs> the, the movie studios say what you will about them. They're making things for the populace. Okay. Ain't no, nothing populace about $800 t-shirts and yeah. $1,200 handbags. Yeah. That's not for the people. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how out of touch I am, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I took that at face value. I was like, yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what we got this week. Dylan, go ahead and tell us what's up with next week. Unlimited. Yeah! Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Regal Movie Masters Unlimited. Join us next week when we watch Scream 6. The ghost is back, motherfucker. We also got 65 with Adam Driver. And a dinosaur? Gotta give that one a watch. We also got Champion with Woody Harrelson as a basketball coach. And that's pretty cool. We also got Operation Fortune, uh, Ruse de Guerre. Hmm. Will we watch it? I will. All right, guys. We'll see you in the theaters. Dressed like Mr. Scream. Bye.